Okay, guys, thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. First of all, I want to thank uh, Naomi and Josh Abu Khatera. We know living with a Moroccan is not easy. And uh, I can say that for myself, obviously. And I can tell you that, especially Moroccan mindset, you have to watch your emotions. So today's class, we're going to touch a little bit about pretty much about a few books. One of them is called Letting Go, especially for the wives, Let It Go, Let It Go, and Tomer Devorah, and Lesson 172 and 152 in Rabbi Nachman. This book is a, is, a, is a game changer. One of the most favorite books that I've ever gotten is Tomer Devorah. And basically the book, Tomer Devorah, discusses how ultimately our goal in life is to emulate God. So what happens is, is when people wrong us or in situations that, that basically where people hurt us, et cetera, we always have a chance instead of taking a personal, but to view it as an opportunity to basically get mercy. Basically the same way you act with people below, your creator acts with people, your creator acts with you. So basically it puts us in a situation where we're not victims in life. We become co-creators. And that's really, really the key, obviously working in recovery and we all have to recognize the greatness of our soul. And sometimes, unfortunately, the world is more in a victim, victim mindset than a co-creator mindset, and which is really the key to my classes is to really get people into Mocham Godlut, into expanded consciousness versus a lower level of consciousness. And that's really, really the key to, if you, if you ask me, what's really the key to the Baal Shem Tov, Nachman, is clearly, 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 when you change the way you look at a situation, the situation changes. And that's really, really the shift that we want to get to today. Rabbi Nachman says here, I'm also handed out this consciousness chart. Basically, consciousness is, in the Hebrew, we, we, we use the word dot. When a person has, the Gemara says, when a person has dot, he has everything. When a person is lacking dot, he has nothing. So you're going to see directly the correlation in the proportional level of your consciousness is the proportional level of usually your, your relationship with Hashem. If a person has major anxiety and, lives and views life as with fear, he's going to view Hashem as a punitive person or a fearful life. So the way, he, you, the way you are, the, the state of consciousness that you're in is directly proportional level to the, the, the connection with your creator. For example, if you view your creator, as you see, merciful, you're going to constantly, what are you going to do? You're going to be very easily forgiving to people because you're literally mimicking your creator. Ultimately, the goal in life is to really mimic your creator. If you ask me, what's, who's your role model? Not LeBron James or what. Your role model should really be your creator. That means just like your creator is very patient, you have to be patient. Just like your creator forgives easy, you have to forgive easy. So it always teaches us, you know, people say, what would Yashka do? What would your creator do in a situation? Small joke. But what would your creator do? How do I mimic my creator? Whenever I'm mimicking my creator, I'm in my soul state. Whenever I'm holding on to grudges or I'm holding on to, you know, animosity, resentment, what am I doing? I'm really feeding the ego. So that's really, really, really the, the, the decisions that anytime we have this negative energy that we're dealing with in life and we're accumulating that negative energy, it ends up becoming stress. And all of a sudden what happens is when we have strong amounts of stress, we displace our energy. A woman that gets fired at work, she'll come home and probably kick her dog. You understand? People, what we're doing, what's happening today, specifically in Shalom Bayit issues, in work relations, is people are displa- displacing their energy. In psychology, we use the word displacement. 
That means you're yelling at him for something that has nothing to do with him. You're, ye- you're, you're screaming at that one for nothing. And you see this across the board in Shalom Bayit issues where constantly, what are we doing? We're holding on to accumulation of energy. And then what happens is people just trigger us off all the time. And, the, and then we blame it on them. But it really has nothing to do with them. It's really the way I feel about myself. That person just triggered exactly what I'm feeling about myself. So once you come to realize this, it's a very powerful concept. Because once you, real, once you realize that all stress is internal, you no longer say, that person made me angry, that person ruined my life, that, I'm a, uh, that you know, how many times you hear, I got a divorce, my, ex, my, my husband's a narcissist, he ruined my life, I can't get married now. I mean, I can give you a Rolodex of the same story. I mean, how could somebody ruin your life? It's not possible. It's not possible for somebody to ruin your life. Because remember, once the way people feel about themselves is the way they treat you. So it's only because we take it personal does it affect us that way. Just like you go on a date, the next thing you know, the guy doesn't call you anymore. It's really nothing to do with you. It's maybe that guy has a tava for women and he wants to date five girls at the same time. What does it really have to do with you? But because we become ultra sensitive, because we're accumulating stress, we make everything about us. And the more we make everything about us, we become very sensitive. And the more sensitive we come, what happens is, is we become, everything becomes about us and we get insulted very easily. And that is really not what you're here for. This is not what you were here for. And this is why I labeled this chart to show you if you want more energy, it's really the problem with the energy. It's not, you know, what can I do to get more energy? It's more of a release. What are you holding on to? What are you holding on to in your life? Are you holding on to resentment? Are you holding on to fear? Are you holding on to things? Once you release, then the energy comes. You're not just going to go get energy in the Himalayan mountains and meditate. It's more the Hasidic way. It's what's the blockages that are causing the light of Hashem not to come into your life. And once you see that, that means it says you got to go to work. For example, my daily ritual starts with a five o'clock meditation, prayer, his bodhidut every single morning. Because if I know, if I don't do that, all of a sudden I'm accumulating, I have a thousand things going on, I'm accumulating energy, and I'm going to be very snappy. I'm going to be snappy at people for no reason. It's because if I don't get rid of that energy or elevate that energy to Hashem, who's holding that energy? Me. I'm holding that energy. And then it's just a matter of an email that goes the wrong way. A secretary makes a mistake. Something happens. The next thing you know, they're getting my energy. They're getting the brunt of my stress. And this, this is literally happening across the board. And you need to understand the, the key. Many couples are struggling financially. Many, many are struggling financially. Obviously, they're fighting all the time. If you recognize that one fight pushes away 100 parnasas, one fight, our sages say, that one argument pushes away 100 opportunities. Now, if you're a businessman, <laughs> if you're a businessman, we're all businessmen, we all want to make money, we all want to be successful, you recognize that the victories are at home. The victories are at home. But in order for me to have shalom bayit, I can't say change my wife. God, please change my wife. I have to start changing the way I look at my wife. I have to start changing the way I see that person. Once you do that, then you start getting results. That the reason why I'm stressed, the reason why I'm focusing on that person the way I am, the reason why I'm not forgiving that person is an accumulation of negative energy, which is the result of the ego. Because remember, the soul forgives. It's only the ego that's causing all the damage. The ego says, well, if I forgive them, they're going to make me look weird. They're going to think I'm wrong and she's right. 
But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the ultimate goal is peace, because peace is the vehicle for blessing. No peace, no blessing. So if you're smart, you have to do what you have to do to get the job done. In business, we speak about that all the time. Do what you got to do to get the job done. But there's no way that's going to happen if I'm accumulating energy. So Rav Nachman has an unbelievable message. And it's not that, you know, whatever you're into is how you, how you get closer to your, it's really, you have to create, a, you have to create an opening for your creator. Like the Koshka Rebbe says, that your creator is only where you let him in. If you let him in, he's there. But if you don't let him in, how can he be there? If I'm stuck on resentment, how can he be there? How could your creator be there if you're, if you're holding on to resentment against your husband? I don't know. Somebody needs to hear this message tonight. I don't know why. Sometimes I just get this. this uh, how, how could your creator be How could your creator let it in your marriage if you're holding on to resentment? How could your, your creator be in this situation if you're holding on to hate? And this is what, what happens if you look at the level of consciousness. Anything lower than 200 is really ego-based. It's really ego-based. What we want to do is we want to get past 200. Once we get past 200, now we're in our soul state. And that's, and that's how you know if you feel better. For example, what do addicts do? They try to skip the whole process. What do addicts do? They don't want to deal with the lower emotions. So they go, they, they get high, they feel complete, the pain's gone. So what are they really addicted to? They're really addicted to a higher level of consciousness. But what happens after? What happens after when you don't have a vessel for light? They go back to zero. They go back to negative 10. They go back to shame. So the key is, what we have to do is obviously you see that there's, <laughs> there's you know, 20, 12, 15 levels is literally, literally what we have to do in prayer. The purpose of prayer is really like Rav Nachman's going to tell us here to start getting rid of this negative energy. Start getting, releasing the energy behind it. Because there's no way I can have a better marriage if I have resentment. There's no way I can have a better date if I have resentment. There's no way. It's just not going to happen. You're holding on to resentment for 15 years and you're, you have shalabite issues. <laughs> Obviously, what happens is, do you realize when we're holding on to a lot of negative energy, all of a sudden you start micromanaging your wife and you're micromanaging your husband? You didn't pick up the kids? What? What's the big deal? I forgot to pick up the kids. Little things become the biggest things in the world. When we're in a low level of energy, little things become the biggest things in the world, and then they accumulate and etc. I'm just telling you how, how people get to a point in life where they say, God forbid, I want to get a divorce. Or God forbid, it's not for me. You understand? This is the, this is the cause of it. It's the little things, not released, accumulating, 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 and here we go. And here we go. Malcolm says in Lesson 172, whatever lack a person experiences, be it children, livelihood, or health, is entirely from the person himself. For the light of God flows upon a person constantly. But because of a person's deeds, he makes a shadow for himself so that God's light does not reach him. It's pretty, pretty direct, this message. That means light shining all the time on us. It's up to us to remove the shadows. According to the shadow is according to the obstruction of light that you get. So what we need to do, as David Amalek says, my heart is hollow with me. My heart is hollow. What we have to do, we have to keep a very open and hollow heart. 
Because what happens is if you're open-minded and you're very hollow and you're not attached to anything, then God's light can come to you. But to the extent where we clog our hearts up with stories, with beliefs, etc., what happens is, is we don't allow that light to come in and then we don't have clarity. And then this is where the decision fatigue comes. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do that? Should I do that? I would tell you that 99% of my decisions are, are in prayer. I have a situation in my life. I don't know what to do. No problem. Five o'clock. I know what to do. I get to my space. I get to my zone. And that's where I ask the question. Never do I attack a situation on, in the 3.30 when I'm not in the right headspace. It's always in meditation because I know if I prayed for it, it's the right answer. If I didn't pray for it, it could be it's the wrong answer. Our sages say, the Arizal says, if you receive something with prayer, it's 100% good for you. But if you received it without prayer, you have to be careful, it could be not good for you. So you know if you prayed, because this is the way our creator made the world, he created, so we created a lower arousal. He wanted us to pray. And then from this, he, that creates the vessel in order for you to receive. So back to where Nachman says, the shadow comes from the thing standing by the spiritual thing, just like an eclipse. Therefore, according to the person's shadows, this is what's blocking God's light and bounty. But if a person nullifies himself that he's not part of this world, and he completely nullifies, the word in Hebrew calls surrender, bitul, bitul means to nullify, to basically cancel yourself out. The more we are able to cancel ourselves out, this doesn't mean I'm nothing, leave me alone, I'm checked out. No, it means you're less, you're less self-centered. That's what this really means. Humility does not mean to think less of yourself, it's to think of yourself less. That means not everything that people are saying to me is really about me. Does that make sense? So to the extent that we don't get angry at somebody's comment, to the extent that we don't get upset when somebody doesn't call us back or we get rejected or whatever it is in life, to the extent that you have that hollow heart, the opportunities come right away. But to the extent that we hold our heart and we already label something, what happens is we're not open-minded. And this is what's stopping the blessing from coming in. This is according to the Baal Shem Tov. This is according to Rab Nachman. It's never a lack of light. It's always a lack of vessel or an obstruction in the vessel that's causing the light not to come in, etc. The main thing for us is to create the proper vessels by removing the ego, the blocks, the resentment, whatever it is that's causing, like you see on the lower levels of consciousness, these are the blocks that are not allowing our creator into our lives, whether into our lives in our marriage, whether into our lives or our relationships, whether into our lives of dating, wherever it is, it's the story that, that comes with it. The belief system, the walls that we create do not allow God's light to come in because how can he come in if there's already a wall? Can't come in if there's already a wall. So what we want to do is we want to break these walls. We want to knock these walls down specifically by through prayer, specifically by a new belief system, God believing that God recreates the world every single day, a belief system that really the world is brand new. Every day has a brand new creation. And when you live in that consciousness, everything changes, everything shifts. You look at your marriage differently. You look at dating differently. You look at your business differently. It's always what happens in our lives is usually when we, when we, when we stop looking at things new is when things don't work out.
So keeping, keeping renewal, even with prayer, even with a workout, it's a constant message how much we have to renew ourselves on a constant day basis. Because whatever you don't renew becomes old. And whatever becomes old becomes comfortable. And whatever becomes comfortable ends up becoming an obligation, etc. So the message of renewal is a constant message that we have to constantly, constantly have. And this is what Rabbi Nachman says. The essence of the light of the glory is, the, uh, is according to the amount of light that's able to get in. And this is and another thing Rabbi Nachman says in Lesson 172, that when God displays a, jo- a, a joyous countenance, then life and the, and, and the world are good. And obviously, obviously the worst. And this is why the Apostle says, this is the meaning. Therefore, I am placing a blessing before you, both a blessing and a curse, Specifically, Rav Nachman says, according to your panim, according to your state of mind, according to your, your, your simcha brings blessing, the opposite also. Now, it's normal. We all get into these states. We all get into this negative state. But how long do you stay there is the key. We all get there. There's no question anybody here does not have major, 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 major bad moods. No problem. We all, we're all there. Well, one, some of us are more emotional than others, but how long do you stay there? And most impo- more importantly, more importantly, are we waking up the next morning figuring out what went wrong? Do you watch game film the next morning? Are you watching why you were upset yesterday? That's all you're required to do, by the way. Between you and me, you're meant to win, but you have to check in. You have to check in. The system is made not so you, a person makes a mistake. It's made for you to have, to have an accountability, like our stages say, when a person has a form of vidui, when a person says, I apologize, I made a mistake, punishment is canceled for that person. Punishment is canceled. The purpose of punishment is only in the absence of teshuva. But teshuva today is a very hard word. It's a tough word. People, don't, people somehow don't like that word so much. But really, what are you doing when you're doing when you're returning? You're just returning back to the best version of you. That's what the Shuvah really is, going back to the best version of you. So right away, any form of prayer that we do today and we ask, God, change the situation without me changing. It's, um, it's, it's almost like winning the Jets winning the Super Bowl. It's, it's a waste of time. It's not going to happen. Because remember... Anytime we're trying to change an outside situation without changing ourselves, it's, it's impossible. Do you understand? Because then we're saying, God, you're not creating enough light. There's no light in the room. The, the, the prayer is a prayer that's going to go nowhere because it's really, and it's, and it's a form of an arrogant prayer because you're saying, I'm okay, but the situation outside is, is no good. That's where I say, okay, what, how am I viewing this situation? When I get into a place of prayer, I, view, I ask my creator, how did I view this situation? Did I view it the right way? Was I in the right consciousness? When you ask those kind of questions, you start seeing situations differently. And that is really what life is all about. To really see problems as challenges, to see darkness as opportunity. When you see like that, then you're very resilient in life. You can get through things quickly. Shalom Biden issues don't become six months, I'm not talking to you, I'm sleeping in the garage. It becomes a three-day, a three-day vacation, but we're back, on, we're back on the fourth day. We're back. We've all taken those three-day vacations, but we're back on the fourth day with, with a renewal. 
We don't check out for six months. We don't check out like that. That's the key. That is really the key to understand the reason why you have the lack is because there's something not allowing the light in. And that's what the prayer we want. Hashem, I want the light to come into my life. Where is the blockage? Ask better questions, you get better answers. But if you say, I'm always getting a blockage, I'm never getting a light, I'm not getting this, then you, that prayer is a form of a complaint. It's not a form of an asking for a solution. And this is really how I try to get people, and I'm, I'm doing this already three, four years. You know, I, I, don't need, I can read enough books in the world, but I can see experience. Why is this person succeeding? Why is that person not succeeding? How come that person's gotten the break? How come that person's not gotten the break? And the first thing I tell people right away, throw away your mind and start thanking your creator. Start thanking first, because you can't succeed if you think there's injustice. You can't succeed if you think you're getting the wrong deal in life. You're not gonna succeed. That's what's one of the blockages. So that's why I force people right now, it's not the time to think, right now it's the time to think. Think anyway, eventually you'll see why. But the key is to get, sometimes we have to throw away the rational mind that's really hurting us and we have to enter into a muna. And faith is not something that, if I tell you have faith, you're gonna tell me, listen, it's tough. Why would I have faith? Look at my life, look what I've gone through, et cetera. But if I tell you faith is a place you have to go to, it's a whole different story. When I go to faith, there's no thinking. I'm jumping in. I'm jumping into a place of faith. And this is why we have, we have faith, we have we have amazing, amazing tools. So this is what Rav Nachman says in lesson 172. It's never the light, it's always the vessel. Believe it or not, it takes a long time. Sometimes it takes a while to make a vessel. According to the amount of the light that you want in the business sometimes, that vessel takes a long time. Making a vessel is not something that's going to take you two minutes. You have to develop the idea. You have to develop it. You have to get closer to your creator. And little by little, what you're trying to do, which we're going to see, we're going to talk about, is starting to remove the blockages that are causing the light not to come in in any area of your life. This applies to business, this applies to dating, this applies to marriage, this applies to anything. It's a lack of receptacle, lack of light that is not allowing that light to come in, etc. And this is a very, to me, when I, when I read this Torah 20 years ago, it was a fascinating Torah because I said, I am the solution, I am the problem. And when I say I'm the solution, I'm the problem, that's it. What happens when you say that? You go 100% into solution mode. You're never going to any victim mode. Or you're never going to that mode that really gets you nothing in life. But pain, extra suffering. Because remember, there's no question we all have pain in this world. That's unnegotiable. Pain is non-negotiable because pain is a catalyst for growth. But so what happens with pain? If we, don't, if we accept pain, it turns into growth. If we don't accept pain, it turns into suffering. That means resistance to pain becomes suffering. And suffering without meaning becomes despair. And despair, God forbid, leads you to the darkest places in life where we see today, unfortunately, running in facilities and see, they, that's the formula. They got there because they're suffering without meaning. But it's okay to have pain if I know it's going to become growth at the end of the day. Lesson 52, Rav Nachman says. 
he says in lesson 52 that the key is the same, same concept, to get to a place, when we speak about this concept of his bodhidut, we're not going to spoke about his bodhidut. His bodhidut is a private conversation with your creator. It's a conversation between you and your creator that I've had for the past 15 years, where he's your therapist. Imagine if people spent the same amount of time talking to their creator as a therapist, how many things would be changed? Imagine, you go and wake up in the morning, speak to your creator, and the purpose is to unload whatever is on your heart. That is the purpose. The purpose of an emotion is for you to communicate with your creator. God uses thoughts and emotions in order to communicate with you. What happens is, is when we numb these emotions, you're basically putting somebody talking to you and you're putting your headphones on. You can't speak to you. That's why addictions are such a problem today. Not so much of the addiction itself, obviously, but you lose the communication. He can't communicate with you if every time he's trying to communicate with you, you're checking out. So how can he communicate with you? How do you resolve this issue? How do you resolve your problem with your wife? How do you resolve the problem with dating? If every time he's trying to talk to you, you're checking out because you don't want to feel anything. You don't want to feel anything. You don't want to feel anything. How could I know what my creator wants from me? So I lose the communication. That's the problem about not understanding, not connecting to your feelings. Get to feel and then see what do you want from me in that action? What do you want from this feeling? If, for example, if I fear fear, then I know. For example, you see fear, I have anxiety. Then obviously any, any form of fear that we have today Rabbi Nachman refers it to a fallen fear. Anytime you have fear, it's showing you that you're not trusting in God, you're trusting in that situation. You have fear of coronavirus, you're fearing the virus, you forgot about God. So fear is teaching you that you're trying to control the outcome of events and you're not letting go and trusting in God. So what happens is because you, you whatever you fear, you become, you gave fear energy and you become, it becomes a fallen fear and whatever you fear can actually harm you. So people could say, how could God allow this to happen? You, 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 you didn't trust them, you feared. So we will have to be very careful with fallen fears. Fallen fears are any time that something is fallen, it becomes, a, it becomes the, the subject in order to persecute the person. I never forget 10 years ago, I don't know, seven years ago, who the hell knows how many say 10 years ago, I, I feared my divorce attorney. And all day long, forget God, I was yelling at the attorney, I can't believe this guy. I can't believe this guy did to me. How come this? How long is it going to be the bill? And next thing you know, I checked out of God and I started fearing. And all of a sudden, the bills went from, I don't want to say, seven times what I should have paid. And I recognize, I know what's going on. What's going on is I'm putting the energy in the wrong place. Instead of checking with God, I'm putting the energy in this Chamor attorney. And I'm making him make more money because I am giving him power. I'm giving him power. So when you fear, you give power to your enemy. You give power to the thing you fear. That's what's going to come true. And the, the only thing you have to do there is shift from fear to trust. Because remember what fear does. It makes you wait, makes you procrastinate, makes you become a perfectionism. So the way to kill fear is trust. 
But that emotion is telling you what you need to fix. That means that it'd be an emotion in Latin really means to move. It means to move. It doesn't mean to sit there and hold it in, hold it in, hold it in, put a mask on, put the group of thing on, the shield, the gloves, the whole thing. It's not what you have out here. Understand? It's so much fear, but it's misplaced fear. So when you have misplaced fear, then you're subject to the odds of life. Same thing. Fall in love. Either I have love of God or I have love of something else. Fall in love becomes desires for excess. Same thing. If the love is for your creator, then it's elevated. But if it's a fall in love, you can love food, you can love sex, you can love money all the long. It's a fall in love. So it's either elevated or it becomes a fall in love. Anytime the thing becomes a fall in love or fall in fear, that thing can, can seek justice on the person. He loses the divine protection. That's what happens when you don't trust in your creator. You lose the divine protection. You lose the, 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 the divine will. He's watching every single thing I know with you. You just lose it and you become subject to the odds and you be subject to nature. It's a very scary thing to be subject to the odds today and not have your creator watching over you. I would say it's pretty scary. Why would you put yourself in that situation? So anytime you have that fear, you know what you need to do. That means the purpose of an emotion is not to sit there and run with it, live with it, get it in your head, let it ruin your whole day. The purpose is really to change it, to change it and see what you want. Anger, for example, when the person feels anger, right? What is anger a form of? Control. So when a person's feeling anger, he should say, somewhere in my life, I'm losing control. I lost control. And I don't like the way it's happening. So that's why I get angry. You don't get angry for no reason. You get angry when you lose control. That's why you see people, they knock over chairs and they, they yell at the chair. The chair didn't do anything to them. You see people yell at, they bump into things, stupid chair, or they hit a parked car. That stupid car, where was it? The car never moved. But you could see how you have to basically connect to the emotion and then figure out why you're doing that. Every single emotion has a specific amount of energy behind it. And the energy behind it is where you have to come to God through your consciousness and elevate it and fix it. So when I say, you know what? I'm going to let go of control. I'm not going to be angry. You fix the anger problem. You understand? Every single thing, every single one goes the same way. Or having an apathy, you're feeling apathy, not caring about life. That's obviously coming from a lot, you know, apathy when you don't care. You, it's a lot, lack of faith. You lost faith in life. You got to this I don't care mindset. It ha- Listen, we've all been there. We've all been there. But the key is notice it. That means in life, in order to name something, tame it, you have to name it. And you have to go to your creator with that specific emotion and ask him to help you with that specific emotion whether it's a control issue. Because don't think you can just all of a sudden, you know, put on headphones and a, and a mindfulness app, and next thing you know, fear is gone. No, 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 no. You have to pray for it. You have to ask you, you tell your creator that I can't live without with, like this. You can't, this mindfulness apps and, mm, and, and all of this fakes, it's not, it doesn't work. You have to tell your creator, I can't survive living with anxiety I can't study, I can't do this, I can't breathe, I need your help. That is the kind of energy, talk like a Moroccan, 
That's the kind of energy that you need to fix the problem. It's not complaining. Absolutely not. Any prayer that is, that is, that is a prayer of spiritual, you can be completely demanding. You could be, you can have demand and you can have chutzpah. One of the prayers that I did when I got married, before I said, creator of the world, I'm in Miami Beach. I do not want to sin. I learned from Nachman's teachings for, for 10 years already. I didn't pray for a soulmate. I didn't pray for a shidduch. I said, please, God, I don't want to sin. I don't want to sin. Save me from this. Save me from the South Beach. Save me from this world. That prayer was not an a egotistical prayer. That's the prayer of the divine. That's the prayer asking God, I don't want to sin. I don't want to be put in a situation where I end up in the wrong place at the wrong time. We know many people have lost, and they're still here. But that prayer was not a prayer for me. That prayer was a prayer for my creator. You understand? So when you pray like that spiritually, you get answered all the time. You get answered all the time. If you pray for energy so you can be in a blackjack tournament, and, you, and you, <laughs> it's not going to work. But if you pray for energy so you're able to work out and have energy, that prayer will work. You understand? Prayers for spiritual, spirituality, 100% you could become aggressive and you could demand for it. Physically, no. It's a different story physically. can't say, give me money or I'm not checking in. <laughs> no, you can't do that. But remember, money only comes after everything becomes spiritual and then becomes physical anyway. So the smartest thing is to always pray for spiritual because physical, if I ask God, God, give me more trust in you. Obviously, trust is what creates a vessel for money to come. But if you ask for money, chances are, it, it could be, what do you need the money for? So what, to buy a new car? But if you pray for trust, automatically you're going to make more money because you have trust. What, pu- what, pushes, what pushes money away is anger. The opposite. You understand? So when you pray for spirituality, you always get answered much more than that. Same thing when a person's praying for Shalom Bayez. You shouldn't say, please fix my wife so I can have peace of mind. I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> of course, we've, we've said that before. I can't deal with this anymore. It's too much for me. We've said that. But that's really you're praying for yourself. That's an egotistical prayer. But you should say, creator of the world, I do not want you to leave my house. Obviously, something is wrong. Because remember, if you want to change your relationship with people, you have to change your relationship with your creator. When you change your relationship with your creator, he changes your relationship with people. The most important concept spiritually that I can tell you, the most important thing. You want to change your relationship outside of you, you need to change your relationship with your creator first. I tell that to people all the time in dating. Don't look for the one, become the one. When you become the one, you get the, you get the shidduch. But if you start looking for the one, just looking, looking, and not become the one, it's not clearly, obviously, what what your creator wants. You understand? And so this forces us to always, always, always look for spiritual prayer. And it's not, again, it's not easy. It's not easy. But once you hit that button, when you, believe me, you get everything you want. Because your creator wants to give you. That's another thing we need to understand. Our creator wants, our sages say, that more than the mother wants to give to the baby, the baby wants to take and it's more painful for, for, for the son not to receive from the father than the father to give. It hurts him not to give you. This is why we always say, if you look at the Siddur, if we look at any prayer, we always, we're always asking for your sake, God, not for our sake, because the pain is on the father. How much incentive do you think that the father had 
if the sun comes in out of, out of treatment. You, you don't think that it, it makes the, 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 the father happier than the son. So imagine if the son asks, please let me be in recovery for your sake, for my father's sake. You don't think he's going to have a different intention? The same thing. So that's, that's really what, what, what these emotions are teaching us. And people all the day, the worst thing we could do is hold on to the emotion. It's to hold on to that feeling. It's just to let it go, suppress. Because what happens is once you hold on to the feeling, you're either going to numb it, you're going to vent it, or you're going to displace your energy. And this is the root of 99% of things that people take personal when it really has nothing to do with them. I hate to tell you. I hate to tell you. I went very deep as a scorpion in this on how much taking things personal affects our lives and how much energy we give away when really at 99% of the time really has nothing to do with you. How many people do we know that their childhood is affected today because the parents weren't able to give them? So what did they say? That my father made me this way. Your father can't give you. If your father could give you, he'll give you. But how many people have ruined their lives because the kids thought they weren't good enough because their father wasn't more loving? I can't give you what I don't have. I can't give you what I don't have. So there's never too late to change your childhood. Or relationships where where we're saying we're, we're abusive people. Yes, you have to have boundaries. But we only feel things when we take it personal. If we don't take it personal, everything changes. And the only way you can't, you won't take it personal is if you don't hold on to the stress, if you don't hold on to this self-absorption, then it's not possible to, to, to not take to, to take. And this is how you really get your energy back. Getting, taking energy is not just about working out, eating right. No, the, believe me, you could be in the best shape possible. But if your marriage or your relationships or your in-person are not working, that could screw up your whole day, your whole work day. It could screw up absolutely everything in your life. And believe me, so the key is you're never going to fix your marriage if you don't fix yourself. You're never going to fix your relationship if you don't fix yourself. And the only way Rabbi Nachman says to do this is by through a form of his bodhidut, a form of prayer, where you notice the emotion, and then you have to come to your creator to really, really nullify yourself through that emotion. And once you do this, it's very simple. You're out of your head, and you say, 7 o'clock, I, this is the time I talk to my therapist. This is the time I talk to my creator. This is the time I work on this. It, it, you have your whole life back. You have your whole life back. You're not stuck in an emotional war, warfare the whole day thinking about what's going to be, what's going to fix. No, this is the time because obviously my creator wants to get a hold of me. He wants to get my communication and he's going to get me through pain. If you come closer to him through that pain, he gives you the solution. Remember, remember this concept. You are meant to win. You're not meant to lose. Your soul comes from your creator. Unfortunately, somehow, you walk into the wrong synagogue in life, you get the wrong teacher, you're thinking like, you make a mistake, you're going to get hit by lightning. I don't know what the heck is going on. But these are the stories that we, we pick up in our lives that we're like, oh my God, I, I can never ask my creator. I'm so embarrassed to even ask him. I'm, I'm so embarrassed to speak to him like that. This is because of a story. This is how you grew up. But this is why when I learned from Nathan's teaching, he taught me a whole new path which it's not just spiritual, it's psychological, it's everything. And once you fix yourself, like Rabbi Rush says, 
the garden of peace. What does he say? Your wife is your mirror. Your wife is your mirror. If you have a problem with your wife, the problem with you. The problem with you. What does it teach you? It teaches us what's going on. And it's not just if something's wrong with you, it's teaching you that maybe I'm comfortable in some area of my life. Doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. Let's get this wrong. You could be a nice guy, super nice guy, relaxing, you know, vegan, whatever you want to call it, but you're not growing. You're not growing. So he'll get your attention there. So either two things get your attention. Either you're not growing, then he'll get your attention. Two things will get your attention. I always told the guy, it was a Moroccan guy marrying a, an Ashkenazi girl. And they asked me to speak at the wedding. And he says, I need some motivation. I said, don't worry. You'll get it. How do I, get close, how do I stay close to Hashem through my marriage? Says, don't worry. Money or your wife, he'll get your attention. Don't worry. He'll get your attention from you. You don't have to worry that you're going to be disconnected. Somehow, when these two things, money and relationships, are off, it teaches us spiritually we're off. And I can tell you word for word in my life, when I see this is off, I say something's off spiritually. Either I slacken spiritually, I'm not praying enough, um, maybe I'm entertaining myself too much, but something's off, so you get your attention to come back. Out of love. So relationships and money... Like what Malcolm says in Lesson 9, are connected to prayer. Where does he take this pasta from? He says splitting the Red Sea is the same thing as making money. And finding a zivug is, is, is like splitting of the Red Sea. So the Red Sea refers to prayer. So prayer both, remember, making money and relationships. Those are the two things that are on your mind. I see you, Josh. I'm speaking right to you. These are the things that, are, that if they're lacking here, it's because they're spiritually lacking. So we don't, we don't yell at the messenger, right? We speak to our creator. What do people do today? We yell at the messenger. Everybody's yelling at the messenger, right? My business partner, my this is the customers, this the... The virus, whatever, you, we will, we'll, we'll do anything, the ego will do anything, just to pick somebody to blame. But if you really want to get into solutions, you, any physical problem in life, you have to strictly view it as a spiritual problem first. Right away, something spiritually is off here. When you do that, this is what our sages say. When your prayers are not being answered, what do they tell you? Go learn you're not praying about the right thing. Something's off. It's always teaching you to shift spiritually all the time. And when you know that, that's it. You have a, you're in solution. You're 99% in solution mode all the time instead of problem mode, which is the rest of the world. Problem, this is the problem, that's the problem, my competitor, my this. It's a lack of faith. Anytime we're saying my competitor stole my business, the lack of faith. Anytime I say, my, this guy took my, my company, lack of faith. Anytime you're blaming a, an individual for taking anything from you, it's a lack of faith. So a very high level, it's not an easy level to, to believe, but it's a lack of faith in our lives. And this is what this is really teaching us today. So remember, we have a combination of things. 
the more stressed you are, just like the more you work out resistance, just to recap what we spoke about. Being, if you're having a resistance doing something, that is exactly what you need to do. Resistance comes from the ego. Whatever you resist is what exactly what you need to do. If you're having a hard time praying, it's exactly what you need to do. If you don't feel like working out, it's exactly what you need to do. It's whatever you have that resistance is exactly what we need to do. So believe me, when you're stressed out and you got, and your mind is full of thousand things going on in your head, you think you want to get up to pray? You think you want to get up to pray? The last thing you want to get up to pray. The last thing you want, the more thing, what you want to do is you want to check out. Get me on my phone, get me on this, get me on that. Last thing you want to do. I'm not saying to deal with that issue right away. I never tell people when you have an issue, never deal with it right away. Take a break, like our sages say, and revisit that when you wake up in the morning with a clear head. We never want to fix a roof when it's raining. It's never going to work out. But my motto that I've always used, I have an issue at five o'clock, we figure it out five o'clock in the morning in prayer. And then I'm telling you it works every single time, every single time, because you're relying on your creator. You've noticed that your creator is talking to you through that situation and you're coming to him in that situation. And this is really what being connected to Hashem and having prayer. Prayer is, the, that's what I say, just say, prayer is the summit of the universe. Prayer changes you. It changes the way you view that situation. It's not for you, God, it's for you. So this is why Rav Nachman referred to this, his bodhidut, having a conversation. I have many classes on his bodhidut. But he says his bodhidut is the higher than everything. Because he's more interested in the, instead of the religion, he's more interested in the relationship with you. He wants a relationship with you. Alexa can go read the Gemara. Alexa can do the 12 steps. Alexa can pray for you also. But you, what he wants from you is he wants your heart. He doesn't want your mind. He wants your heart. So use this chart. And the purpose of this chart is just to, to show you where you are, energy-wise. Where you are. What kind of vibration are you, are you vibrating to the world? This is what the purpose of the chart is. And if you're feeling, if you're feeling a lower... For example, if you're feeling like fear, after fear, you're going to get, it's basically you have to uncover up each and each and each and each emotion. And as you surrender that emotion, what happens is, it's not like you feel good right away. You know what happens? You deal with another emotion, an higher issue. Until you get to a place of courage and willingness and trust, then yes, you can have a bad day, but, you're, but you, you recover very quickly. That's what we want today. You can't expect the CEO, you can't expect anybody not to get smacked on the ground. We're all going to get smacked on the ground. But the question is, is how quickly do you recover? How quickly do you recover from a bad day? How quickly do you recover from a bad business deal? How quickly do you recover? That is really what, what we use this for. If, you're able to, if you have the, the right mechanism and you get out of your head, you're able to recover real quickly. All right, guys, that's today's class.